rest of the sinuses. And so he's at home resting. It kind of turned into the flu. He's been running a fever and a temperature, and he tried to get off the meds, and that only made it worse. So he figured that he's contagious, so he wanted to stay home. So he emailed me the outline. So I'm going to kind of muddle my way through this. But I'd like to welcome you tonight, and I'd like to welcome uh, all those people that are listening to us online uh, believe it or not, there's quite a few people that do listen online um, to the messages here. Frank even raised his hand. They, they've been gone for a few weeks, and it's a good way to catch up on our series. And right now we're in a series called Enough, and uh, we're in the third week, and it's Cultivating Contentment. So I'm going to um, start us off with prayer and then uh, kind of get going on this message that... Uh, Mark so handily wrote out for me, so I'll probably be reading it verbatim. So, uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us here today. Uh, be with those that are traveling over this Thanksgiving weekend, that they uh, uh, arrive at their destination safe and sound. Uh, also be with those that aren't with us tonight, that uh, you be with them. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, all right. Do you remember what these are? They're cassette tapes. They're cassette tapes. What? They're, they're actually records are making a comeback, but probably these are making a comeback also. Um, when we start talking about contentment, we kind of talk about um, things that we have and then we always want more. We want the better of something. Um, I remember when I was really little, in high school, in grade school even, uh, we used to carry around transistor radios. Remember transistor radios? You know, AM, remember AM and stuff and all the static, and every time that it rained or lightning or anything, it would just crackle and everything. And then they came out with FM. Remember FM? When I was little, FM was like all the elevator music all the really music that'll put you to sleep, and then they put rock and roll on FM, so then we started listening to FM, and it was great, but you could drive in your car, and all of a sudden you'd lose the signal. You know, you wouldn't get FM very far out of, out of town. Well, this, I went out to my garage, and believe it or not, I have an AM FM radio that has a built-in cassette player. And when I was gonna do this illustration, earlier today I plugged this in, and it sounds awful, <laughs> so I'm not going to plug it in. But um, when I was growing up, you know, this is how I used to listen to music, is I would turn it on, and you would get the static. Can you hear that? We actually got some music in here, or some talk radio anyways, or the news. And then if you put one, put this in, you could also play Who's that? Bruce Springsteen. Well, you know, that was all right for a while, right? You know, and then what did I have to do? 
You know, like this other radio that I had was mono, right? You had to buy a stereo. So I went out, bought a stereo, and then, you know, it had the receiver, and you turn on the, the receiver and nothing happened because you had to have speakers, right? So you went out and got speakers, you know? And then you had records, so then you had to have a turntable, you know? And I went out and bought a turntable, and then I had to have a better turntable, you know, uh, on that. And then cassettes came out, and I had to get a cassette deck, Right? So I saved up my money and bought a cassette deck so I could play my cassettes. Well, I found out that there was, at that time, there was a really good cassette player made, made by Denon. It was called the Dragon. And it was about $1,000 just for a cassette deck. I mean, you could sit there and tune the bias and everything and get your cassette sounding, you know, like hi-fi and everything else. And I was saving my money for that. And then CDs came out. So what did I have to do? I had to go out and buy a CD player right? And then the first CD players were real expensive, and they only played one CD. Well, I saved up my money, and I bought one that could play six. You put your CDs in a cartridge, and you put it in there, and then you program it. You can listen to music all day long, and not listen to the same song over again, right? But it was this idea of always wanting more. And then, you know, then VCRs came out. Wow, you could sit there, and you could, you know, record uh, programs on TV and then watch them later. Well, remember the first VCRs were like $700. So I went out, bought a, C a VCR, and then Laserdisc came out. You know, not, not the DVDs, but Laserdisc. They were the size of records, you know, and they played movies and they were, you know, a lot better quality than the, v uh, the videotape. And then DVDs came out. And you had to have a DVD player, right? And then after that, Blu-ray came out. I still don't have a Blu-ray player, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm saving for it. I'm saving it. I'm saving for it. But Blu-ray came out. And now, now you sit there and you, you get online and you watch movies on, in the cloud, you know, on Netflix and stuff. So it's, it, you can see that this is always one step ahead of you. And you're always one step behind it. So you're always chasing for the newest technology. Well, I'll come back to that later. But there's something called, um, um, you've heard of restless leg syndrome, RLS. It's where you're sitting there and your, your leg kind of twitches and you can't control it. But one of the major Ill illnesses we face today is RHS, restless heart syndrome. The primary symptom of restless heart syndrome is disconnect, discontent or never being satisfied with anything. It plays out in our lives every day. Our car gets a little old and we suddenly desire a new one. Our house doesn't seem large enough, so we become less sa satisfied with it. I've upgraded every computer I own, not because it stopped working, be but because newer computers had to do more stuff. Sadly, we only tend to experience restless heart syndrome when it comes to material possessions. We seem to be content when it comes to our relationship with God and how much we love others. The very things we should con uh, constantly be trying to improve God did create us with, uh, with to be dis, uh, 
did create us um, to be discontent with certain things we uh, we could find contentment in God. Like I said, I'm reading this. Um, but we live uh, that discontent out in all of the wrong ways. Here's what the Bible has to say. And John, if you want to put that up, the first verse is Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. And this was what, what um, it has to say. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? So how can we change? How can we be content with what we have and not with whom we are? The answer comes through cultivating contentment and simplifying our lives. So how can we cultivate contentment? The Apostle Paul actually teaches us something on the topic. While in prison in Rome, without much to be content with, he wrote this. It comes from uh, Philippians 4, 11 through 12. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, but for having abundance and suffering need. There are four keys to cultivating contentment. The first key to cultivating contentment is memorizing the statement, it could be worse. Tonight, when you get in your car to go home and you wish it was a little newer, say, it could be worse. When you get home and the house is a mess and you're running out of room, you say, it could be worse. When your kids act up and drive you insane, say, it could be worse. And sit across from your spouse or significant other and they aggravate you, you say, okay, don't say that. The idea here, the idea here is to look at the bright side of life. Be a hopeful optimist about everything in your life. The second key to cultivating contentment is to ask yourself this question. Before you buy something, how long will this make me happy? When I'm stressed or feeling blue, two things cheer me up, eating and shopping. I love to buy things, but sometimes we don't really want, want or need what we think we do. We buy a lot of things in the spur of the moment, and the best way to avoid this is try, try things out before you buy them. If you really think you need that new car, rent it for a week. If you really can't live without that new iPad, borrow one from a friend. Generally speaking, material things bring us limited happiness, so try before you buy. The third key to cultivating contentment is to develop a grateful heart. If you can change how you view the world and things in it, you can actually change, uh, change your desires. Everything we have is a gift from God. Our culture has taught us uh, for hundreds of years that you uh, work hard to earn what you have. 
but that line of thinking only leads to disappointment. When you stop and realize that all things, your job, your house, your car, your stuff, your family, all of your money, etc., is a gift from God, you start to be thankful for all that you have. You don't deserve it, but you have it anyways. Begin to thank God for the things in your life, and you might just find yourself being more content. The fourth and final key of cultivating contentment is to find true satisfaction. The world teaches us that satisfaction is found in our families, our careers, and the things that we own, but the Bible teaches us something profoundly different. Throughout Scripture, from Genesis to Revelations, we are taught that true satisfaction is found in the relationship with God. Paul continues in his letter, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Paul knew that contentment could not be found in worldly things, but that with Christ in our hearts, we could be content no matter what the circumstances. Now, another aspect of cultivating contentment is simplifying our lives. It is hard to be content when we are always wanting more, bigger, and newer. So we have to simplify. This will look different for each one of us. From someone who owns a Lexus, might be simple, um, uh, might be simplifying their life. We can only judge ourselves in this area. So here are a few steps you can follow to follow the process. The first step is to re reduce your consumption and spending. This can come to life in a number of ways. Maybe you can carpool with someone to try to save water. Um, maybe you can carpool with someone or try to save water and sewage. There are a lot of ways to lessen your impact when it comes to consumption. Also, you have to start living below your means. If you are spending more than, you're, um, than you make, uh, begin to change your habits. Buy only what you need. Start buying generic and mid-range items instead of expensive ones. Keep your car a little longer. Don't go out to eat as much. Before you buy something, ask, do I really need this? Then ask why. Stores are designed to make us buy things we don't really need. When you go shopping, make a list of what you really need and do not buy anything else. If you see something you think you need, write it down and get it the next time. Make wise decisions before you make large purchases and realize that the things you have may be even uh, for you now. I really want, I really would like a new car or a new computer, but do I really need them? Not at all. If you are going to buy something, try it first. You think your family needs a PS4? Borrow one and test it out. If you are all bored with uh, it after a week, you don't really need one. The same thing is true of a lot of things. Try it out before. Uh, try it out for a while and then decide if you truly need it. Sometimes we only want something because we have um, con convinced ourselves that we need it. But before long, we have gotten tired of it and it is collecting dust somewhere. You know, having kids changed our way of viewing, Karen and I, um, way of viewing going out. Going out can be really expensive. 
um, we used to take the kids out to do fun things, but the, the uh, bill began to get out of hand really quick. Sure, going to the mu movies is a lot of fun, but you can run a movie on Redbox for a dollar and get some popcorn and probably have uh, just as much fun at home. Of course, going on vacation to places like Disney is a lot of fun, but some of my fondest memories are the times we stayed at home, played games, went to the mall, didn't, we wouldn't buy anything, but, uh, or just hang around church and do stuff around church, or did other things that were simply yet more meaningful. Finally, ask yourself, are there major changes I can make? If you were up to your eyeballs in debt, when you probably need to make some major changes. Maybe you need to sell the house. Maybe you need to get rid of one of the cars. Maybe you need to sell some of the stuff that is piling up in the garage. I cannot answer that for you, but I can say that God does not desire for you to be a slave to debt. Christ died so that you could be free. Sometimes freedom can be, uh, sometimes freedom comes from having less. None of us will be possible without a little things called self-control. Thankfully, self-control is not some exerting your own will, but relying on God's will. Self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and if you pray for it in your life, God can make it reality. We live in a world that seems instant, uh, that instant gratification, and that has never been truer. As Christ followers, we need to think about greater gratification. So ask yourself these questions before you act. What are the consequences of this action? If I use this resource another way, will it lead to greater good? How does this glorify or honor God? I said I was going to come back to the radio, right? What happened this summer with baseball? It was a team that kind of went a lot farther than they were supposed to, right? Right? All right, I'm going to get back to this, but just just check this out. Okay, the Cubs, they, they play, or they used to be on WGN, right? Now they're on W what? BBM? FM? WBBM? Okay. Several years ago, Karen and, Karen and I made a decision. We don't have cable, right? What station were all the games on? TBS, right? Or, well, yeah. It was on TV, but we didn't get that channel because we didn't have cable, right? So at night, I'd come home, you know, I'd sit there, oh, it's not on TV. So what do I do? Pull out my phone. Try to find it, you know, the app, the WBBM app. No, nah, it's blocked on that, unless I wanted to pay some extra money to watch, you know, to listen to the game. Okay? So then I went to my computer. I figured, oh, I can find the game on the computer. They're streaming it somewhere. No, you know, Major League Baseball has it all blocked out, and you have to subscribe like seven ninety nine a month or something to listen to all the games on on the uh, on your computer. So I had all these fancy gadgets. You know how I listen to the game on the radio. 
something that I had years ago, an AM radio, turned it on WBBM, and I listened to the game. So that taught me something this summer, and I, I realized it. I said, man, I've got all this stuff, and I just want to listen to a baseball game. So I got to the car, garage, and I get my boombox, turned on the radio, and I'm listening to the game. I don't know. That was a, a real wake-up call to me. Anyways, and especially when Mark sent me this message, and he talked about TVs. You know, that he has this TV, and he's had it for years. And you remember TVs that used to have the tubes, and they used to weigh a ton. Well, he bought one of the first HD TVs. And now it's like 15 years old, and they still watch it. So his, his illustration was um, TVs. Mine was a radio. So I thought that was kind of amazing. Well, that's all I got. <laughs> but to me, that, that kind of simplified contentment. Is I could have been content with an AM radio all along. You know, I didn't need those fancy stereos. I didn't need my computer. I didn't need anything just to listen to the Cubs. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to say something. So um, there's two tents that Mark kind of concludes us with. We all have choices to make. Will we live in the tent of discontent or the tent of contentment? God can tr uh, strengthen us if we choose to live a life of contentment. But if we want to continue to spend and live destructively, God will let us. I hope we can walk away tonight being people content with what we have, yet yearning to be more than who we are. Amen. Something that we started doing the last couple weeks was the contentment prayer. And John might throw it up there. There it is. Contentment prayer. So we're all going to recite this together. Lord, help me to be grateful for what I have, to remember that I don't need most of what I want, and that joy is found in generosity. All right. Um, I'm going to ask the ushers to stand up and actually collect the offering for the work of our church. Um, so this week was Thanksgiving, um, and um, we've been collecting, and actually they all should have came back tonight as the gifts for the angel tree. Did we get them all back? Okay. So we can drop that off. Um, you know, if you do have gifts that you still need to drop off, get a hold of me, um, and I can either arrange to be here. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I don't have the envelope to find out when LSSI, Lutheran Social Services, is actually going to pick them up. Um, but we can get them, um, or I can arrange to be here so you can drop off the gifts. We can have them all to them. We did 25 gifts. So uh, we have 25 children that we're going to be, um, um, we'll have a better Christmas that are in the foster care uh, system. Um, there. 
Um, next thing is uh, prayers of the people. Um, one thing that uh, we've been doing is what I'll do is I'll lift up a prayer, and then uh, we all have a response that we're going to do it. I'll say, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you um, for gathering us here again today. Um, pray for, um, we pray for Mark, um, that he is um, on the road to recovery, um, that um, especially during this time of year and with the kids and everything, that he can get to be uh, feeling well and being here. He did uh, put online um, yesterday, I believe, that uh, this is one of the first times he's ever missed a worship service that he can remember, um, whether he was participating or a church that he's been to. Uh, usually even on vacation, they go to church every Sunday. So this is the first time that he's ever, that he remembers ever missing uh, worship on uh, uh, Saturday or Sunday uh, for him. So be with him, Lord, in your mercy. Prayer. Uh, be with those. Um, um, yesterday there was protests and everything in Chicago. Uh, it's kind of a... Um, uh, tense situation over uh, something that happened happened um, um, earlier this summer. Um, they, I know they protested and they blocked uh, some of the malls, but uh, uh, if um, just let uh, justice and um, mercy and peace uh, uh, pertain in Chicago. Lord, in your mercy. Um, also be with still the Brevik and the Adams family as they um, mourn the loss of Alice, Lord, in your mercy. Um, uh, also with the Ripley family, um, it, you know, losing uh, Joyce's father, um, Lord, in your mercy. And also be with all those people that are traveling, that uh, they can arrive to their destinations in time. We had several uh, our kids home this, um, this week for Thanksgiving from college, so... Uh, as they travel back to college, uh, uh, that for their safety, Lord, um, in your mercy. Um, I guess we're going to do communion now. So, um, one thing that we've started doing here is um, the act of confession, which is the next thing up. Um, comes from uh, Nancy Townley, and uh, there's a part where I say, and then a response that you do. How often, O oh Lord, have we believed that the greatest com uh, commandment is our love for ourselves solely? We have not heard the cries of those in need. We have turned our backs on opportunities to serve you by serving others. I guess we all say this. Many times we have thought only of our own wants and desires and ignore the needs of others. Help us to truly understand the commandments to love you with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Let us care for our neighbors, both far and near, 
bring us back to your loving light. For we ask those things in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.